Great to have your company here with the Money Minutes. I'm Ross Greenwood, and it's good to have a chat yet again. Today, again, it's got to be all about COVID-19, the response economically, and then also the response internationally. The one thing that's happening as a result of the coronavirus is the geopolitics of the world are changing. You can see it right now. In particular, um, the dispute that's taking place on the Himalayan border between China and India, um, disputes that are taking place between the UK and China, between Australia and China, and of course, the big one between the United States and China. China, of course, will always say it's playing the long game, but right now, as a result of its criticism that it allowed the coronavirus to escape China, to become the global pandemic that has not only cost many hundreds of thousands of lives, but also has cost so many trillions of dollars in the economic response. It's right now trying to exert its own muscle on some of these borders. In response, the West is taking its own action. As we'll play you very shortly, the UK has reversed a decision to allow Huawei, the, uh, the Chinese telecommunications company, which previously it had allowed into its 5G rollout, It's now banned that equipment in there, just as Australia, the United States, Canada had done previously. Then there's that whole issue of compensation and Australia's response. It's quite clear now that the Australian government are going to seek to modify the job seeker allowance sometime in late September. And by doing that, it's trying to not only preserve, if you like, businesses, it's trying to get you know, the economy's open. You could hear this in, say, the New South Wales Premier, Gladys Berejiklian. Though some of her suburbs right now are locked down, people are now being refused entry into Queensland. Victorians in a more um, vigorous lockdown as a result of uh, more uh, coronavirus cases. If you like, the second wave has been allowed to escape. The truth is that it's costing Australia economically. The point about who pays is going to be really an interesting one. China won't want to pay. Donald Trump, you'd imagine, will want China to pay something. And I would suggest this might be one of the big ticket items for Donald Trump as the United States heads towards election. Does he actually seek some sort of financial compensation from China for the economic destruction, let alone the individual lives that have been lost and the, uh, the sickness that's been allowed to really proliferate around the United States. Of course, the argument could be that, well, the United States, its response has not been vigorous enough to try and control the coronavirus. But there is an economic cost. And bear in mind also that China is a significant lender to the United States. I've had a conspiracy theory for some time. It's my mad, crazy idea. You can tell me whether you think I'm on the mark or not. But what would happen if Donald Trump, say, handed China a bill for, I don't know, Pick a number out. $8 trillion? $6 trillion? Pick a number. Now, China at the moment is owed around $2 trillion by the US government. What would happen if the United States, Donald Trump, being the maverick that he is, just decides, well, we're not repaying the money? Then China would have another response. Of course, that response could be across Taiwan, across Hong Kong. It's already there. And of course, there have been incursions of aircraft, Chinese military aircraft, into Taiwan just in recent days. So as I say, the response, if you like, from a geopolitical point of view, is now rising quite significantly. 
So let's just pick up here Donald Trump. And this is him making quite clear who he believes is responsible for the coronavirus. We hold China fully responsible for concealing the virus and unleashing it upon the world. They could have stopped it. They should have stopped it. Would have been very easy to do at the source when it happened. So what does Donald Trump do about that? As I say, one theory is he hands China a massive bill, reparations, if you like. Or indeed, he simply says, we won't repay your debt. That will see a response from China. But in the meantime, the one thing that is clear for the Australian government, for you, for me, for everybody, is that life can't return to normal anytime quickly. That there are all sorts of vaccines right now in live testing. The University of Queensland, of course, has got live tests in Australia right now. CSL gearing up to try and you know, put out enough of those doses if it works, if it works. But there's similar trials going on in the United Kingdom, in the United States. But here is Dr. Tedros Adenome Ghebreyesus, who is the World Health Organization Director General. Here's his view of the way the world is into the future. I want to be straight with you. There will be no return to the old normal for the foreseeable future. I repeat, there will be no return to the old normal for the foreseeable future. But there is a roadmap to a situation where we can control the disease and get on with our lives. And of course, Tedros Adenome Ghebreyesus, as the World Health Organization Director General, there's criticism of that organization. The United States has pulled funding. But of course, he's probably best placed of anybody to understand where the potential vaccines are coming from. And even he says, notwithstanding that, we will not return to normal anytime soon. But then we twist it all back to China because what's taking place is we see the escalation of concern about China's, well, shall I say, acquisitive nature in terms of flexing its muscles in its region. You then go to the UK. Now, remember the five eyes of which Australia is a part that share information. And quite clearly, the five eyes, including the United States, Canada, the UK and us, have been frightfully scared about China and its ability to have any risk inside our key organisations, infrastructure in particular. Now, the United Kingdom had oddly gone against the flow of all the other nations by saying that Huawei, the big telecommunications company, which has continued to always say that it does not do espionage for China, that it does not, you know, sort of, if you like, um, do any of the things it potentially is alleged to have done. But by the same token, it is ultimately owned by the Chinese state, right? Private company, but it does answer to the Chinese state. So the British government has now changed its mind. This is Oliver Dowden, the UK Culture Secretary, announcing the ban on Huawei in the UK. The government agrees with the National Cybersecurity Centre's advice the best way to secure our networks is for operators to stop using new affected Huawei equipment to build the UK's future 5G networks. The interesting part about this is remember that Huawei kept saying to the rest of the world, look, the UK is using our gear. There's nothing to fear. They've checked us out. Well, now that they've changed their mind, you just wonder. And you also wonder 
what occurred in Hong Kong and with the UK opening up its borders to Hong Kong citizens to be able to become residents of the UK, you also just wonder what that tension has also done to prompt this ban. Anyway, life is not going to return to normal anytime soon. The Australian government, it clearly has to have a response. Now, the whole point about trying to lock coronavirus out of our community, that doesn't seem to happen. And do bear in mind that we can't travel anytime soon. Just something I want to talk about in the coming episodes of this. I mean, even if we suddenly open the borders and the flights happen to be able to go overseas again, some people might go. I don't think I would. Part of the reason is I can't get travel insurance. How could anybody insure me to go overseas? And even if they had an exclusion for coronavirus, if you landed in the country and got coronavirus, how would you be treated? Would you be able to get home, get on a plane? Would the airline be happy for you to have coronavirus coming home? So say, I want to explore that one in future episodes of the Money Minutes. Great to have your company. I'm Ross Greenwood, and we'll do it again real soon.